back and we 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 we're back baby we're back is it real now after four months off tech and tequila is back and the gang is all here so this is tech and tequila the podcast where where our talk about the tech Weeks tech. <laughs> you were good. We were so rusty. You were doing so well. I'm trying to look up and also read. <laughs> well, rust so, never hurt nobody. Ugh. Eye contact's important, Jay. I never make eye contact. That's Just why it's it not done. gay. <laughs> so Tech and Tequila is a podcast where our talk about the week's tech news gets worse the more we drink. We're not cutting any of that. I'm your host, Jacob Rudnick, with me. First up, we have Rob Light. Rob. You said you got some updates for everyone. We have four months of updates. What's going on? Yeah, so uh, the last published uh, pod that we have is from October 4th, 2017. Can't believe it's been so long. I know, right? It's pretty crazy. I uh, tried to look up like what we've missed over the last four months, but instead I just uh, found some really random stuff to discuss instead. Um, these are things that were cool the last time that we uh, had a recorded podcast. Um, fidget spinners, <laughs> slime, the game Smash or Pass. What is Smash or Pass? Okay, Do Ar- I- Aaron's lived that game. Yeah, wait, this is. Yeah. I, is I, it what I, I think knew it about is? literally maybe two of these 10 things that okay. I'm about to list off. Keep going. The floor is lava. Oh, that's a good meme. <laughs> Salt Bay. Oh, you the guy sprinkling the stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's another meme. Uh, unicorns. Starbucks had some unicorn Oh, stuff. unicorn frappuccino? Yeah, that was mm-hmm. big. Uh, male rompers. <laughs> romp him. Romp him. Romp him. Yeah, yeah. romp him. Okay. Squiggle and braided eyebrows. Hairy <laughs> bathing suits. And mm. yeah, and Jake Paul. Um, some TV shows that... Who's Jake that Paul? Paul? I have no idea who that is. Jake Paul? Explain it to I Kara. don't know who that is. So I only know who he is as of very recently because didn't he take a photo in the suicide forest? Oh, oh that's Logan, Logan Paul's Paul. brother. That's the other one. Logan Paul's brother. So there's two douchebags out there. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's okay. more than that, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> All right. Um, Sorry. Some television shows that have been canceled since our last podcast. <laughs> uh, two Broke Girls. Oh. I've never seen show. a single episode. Chuck Lorre is Literally my the show. effing worst. Did you really like it? No. All right. The worst show of all time. <laughs> um, criminal Minds Beyond Borders. Not the original Criminal Minds. Well, Trump's in... That's true. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of border controversies. Um, and then The Mist, which I have no idea, but I'm just assuming is based off the Stephen King novel slash film starring Thomas Jane no, and Marsha Gay Harden. No, it's the PC game from the early 90s. Really? No. Oh. So <laughs> Mist was sweet. Loved Mist. With um, a Y, though. Sierra. Yeah. So anyways, those are all, everything that Russell you've Wilson. all missed from not listening to our podcast. We definitely would have talked about Ooh, all they of that. Missed. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I had one stat. Um, since the last show, roughly uh, 21,224,000 people have died. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's fair. It's, it's, that's what the people want. <laughs> Okay, and that's Rob Light. Uh, next up, we have Aaron Walker, who has the death uh, statistics. Yeah, Aaron, are you done with your do you list? Have a, yeah, that, that's all I could really okay. find. There were more canceled TV shows, but I had never heard of them. Cool. I had never heard of these, but that's okay, too. <laughs> Aaron, what else do you have for the listeners? Um, since the last show, we moved offices two floors up. It's cool. There's a stairwell that connects them. Um we got to use the hallway bathroom now, but they just added one of those locks with the numbers, so I don't need a key 
So that's chill. Um, some new chairs. What's your biggest like about the new office? The kitchen's cool. There's a lot of, it's, uh, there's more of a lounge area. Mm-hmm. And um, we're getting an espresso machine. And I love espresso. So that's exciting. And what's your, the biggest downside? The distance from me to the bathroom. Hard to vape. True. <laughs> uh, I just do it on my desk. Now. Yeah, I was going to say, you might do it on his desk. <laughs> and that's Aaron Walker. And last but not least, Kara Kennedy. Kara, what updates do you have for everybody? Um, You know, the only thing, I know that we left you guys hanging mid-football season. Uh, and so I wanted to give everyone a quick update on my fantasy football team. Uh, I know that you've oh, all been waiting and hanging uh Hang on closely as I gave my uh, weekly updates. Didn't do so hot. Uh, I don't know. I think I ended up about 500. Not not so great. Uh, so that's it for me. Uh, I had some holidays. Uh, okay. That's that's my gist. Who pretty won much. the fantasy league? Uh, did Rob win? No. Did Jake? Did you? Did win? Jake win? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I got second to last out. place. I got screwed because Gronk got suspended in that one game, and nobody I, cares. Right? I couldn't start it. All right, Kara. Uh, one me. of our traditions is somebody brings in something to drink, usually a beer or something nice, but sometimes not. What did you bring in this week? So um, today I went to the liquor store and I was thinking, what should we drink? Uh, a lot of the beers that they had were IPAs or stouts, kind of still wintry, and I'm over the winter. So I went with something I'd never tried before, which is a Henry's Hard Soda, which is allegedly just tastes exactly like soda. This is orange soda flavored, which I love orange soda. Um, it's supposed to taste just like the real deal, but has 4.2% alcohol in it. So hmm. I think maybe we all crack them and take a little, a but little sip. But we'll we save our... We doing this at the end of the episode. It's mm-hmm. not how a can of pickles will smell like orange soda. Reminds me of Keenan and Kel. Hmm. Anybody? That really does not taste strong. Okay. 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 Aaron, okay. did you watch save Keenan it? and Kel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Some good burger, too. all that and whatnot too early for you okay um then the other thing we do before every episode gets going is take a shot of tequila uh when was the last time everyone took a shot of tequila uh, probably less than a month ago a holiday or not holiday end of year party i had a mezcal mixed drink this weekend that's not a shot um, no it was, te- it was tequila ish my birthday so three weeks ago probably oh yeah oh berlin bomb maybe it's uh, been saturday. yeah it's all coming uh, back saturday, to me it's definitely yeah. been more recent i was sick but. for a week so I haven't had much alcohol. I definitely took two tequila shots last Thursday, watching The Bachelor with my dude friends. Um, I think I'm at... Why did you have to clarify that it was with your dude friends? Why couldn't you watch uh, The I'm Bachelor I'm just letting with... you know. Okay. You can watch I think I'm at seven or eight shots for the season so far. And we're and an episode behind. What episode are you at? I don't know. Six? Dang. I've been averaging about one per. Is that bad? A... Uh, no. Someone was at ten through four episodes. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Rough. Rough go of it. And you guys, I was playing right. You guys place bets, right? Like it's if something happens and yeah, you lose the bet, you every have to take episode a shot? there's two shot bets for like number of tears, <laughs> and then the time the first cry happens, and then we all <laughs> pick a girl who we think is going home at the end of the episode for the rose ceremony. And if you get it wrong, you're doing a shot or two shots depending on the order. So most people end up doing shots. Most for that. it's pretty lucky when you don't have a shot for the episode. Mm-hmm. I like uh, it. I had three shots at the end of the first episode when we did a triple hitter on a Sunday and was hung over on Monday. So, <laughs> well, anyway, that's the shot. What do we have, Rob? Oh, 
Um, for all you Entourage fans out there, we have uh, Avion Silver Tequila. Um, it is 100% uh, Puro de Agave, as I think every tequila that we've ever tried has been. Um, it was true. It was uh, made in Mexico. Um, one side of the bottle in Spanish says arriving, and the other says leaving or left. So I, uh, I think we're arriving right now, right? We back. We we're back. back. Yeah, we're back, right? Meta. So cheers. Cheers. To young Sheldon. Okay. Oof. Oof. <clears throat> Henry Soda's not a bad chaser. Oh, I didn't think it's very that. sweet. Yeah. One last thing before we get into the the seggies. Uh, part of the reason we didn't haven't done a pod for four months is we all took on a big project. Uh, Rob, you're gonna explain. But what what are our what was our digital trends project? This is more serious than the rest of it. But what were we working on? Um. We produced a bunch of digital trends for 2018 that really focused on digital transformation. Um, all four of us were uh, played big roles in this you know, big undertaking that we had. We focused on four areas. Um, Aaron focused on cybersecurity, but that included blockchain as well. Um, Kara focused on IoT, so um, mesh networks, edge computing, uh, and digital twins and then um edging twins i myself uh focused on artificial intelligence um and everything under that the fourth uh member of the team that that uh is not on the podcast wrote about digital platforms so um that includes microservices with a real focus on kind of um enterprise shifting business models to to these microservices um, it took up a lot of our time, <laughs> way too much of our time, and it was stressful, and uh, it turned out really cool. So I think all of us are really proud of it. Um, but that's why we were unable to pod every Wednesday, because we did not have time at all. A lot more serious than this is, so we had to get out of the way before that tequila kicks in. And uh, <laughs> we'll still be doing other stuff, and I think it'll tie into this a little bit. Some of our topics will be a little more focused on those areas, because they're hot yeah, they're the things that are really impacting kind of forward-looking businesses right now. And so I think that, yeah, we'll try to do some episodes that hit on those trends and get a little love into those areas, especially stuff like cybersecurity and AI really come up a ton anyways, mm-hmm. I feel like, on the pod. Um, if you want to check it out, you can go to our blog, blog.g2crowd.com, slash blog, slash trend, slash digital dash trends. <laughs> Easy to remember. Yeah. Cool. And that we'll, was... uh, we'll post about it on Twitter. We'll tweet about it. <laughs> and there's a shameless plug. So now we're going to get into uh, into the segments. And since we, nor- we normally talk for a week, uh, about, about the last week, but we have four months to talk about. So these stories will be um, hitting on some of the, those issues in the last four months. So we're getting into our first segment of the day. It's what were they drinking? So in this segment, one of the other three picks a major news story, then they explain what the parties involved were drinking when it all went down. First up, Aaron, uh, Elon Musk, and SpaceX were in the news. What's going on and who was drinking what? Yeah, so this one spanned um, back to 
the Obama administration. Um, Neil Armstrong and Gene Cernan, some like legendary NASA dudes, called uh, the privatization of rocketry a pledge to mediocrity and thought like private industry getting into what NASA's realm is is just like bad and the like, government should be leading the way. And then um, Elon Musk got sad because that was kind of in direct uh, contrast with what he was trying to do. He hoped they would visit and change their mind. They did not. So he went on to 60 Minutes and uh, cried a little bit and then kind of retreated back into a hole. And um, things got kind of sad. But then he said, you know, burn your idols, kill my heroes. Uh, and he made Russian cosmonauts his new hero. So he grabbed a bottle of Stoli put a little bit of cocaine in it from his PayPal days, and then grabbed the prototype to his boring company's uh, flamethrower and created a superheated grab bong and then like huffed those fumes. <laughs> and then he said, Frick Neil Armstrong, I'm gonna one-up him and put a car into space. So then he put a car in space. I mean, that's the best explanation <laughs> of it I've ever heard. That's exactly what happened. Um, no defamation suits involved at all. But yeah, I mean, well done. That's probably the most elaborate what we were they drinking that we've ever come up with. What do you think the implications are? Like, what's next now for Elon and SpaceX and the Roadster? Two in cars space? in space. Double it. <laughs> well, they also they also launched a missile that went into a ballistic missile, right? That went into space and they were able to reland it and successfully. Yeah, and it was the largest one that they've ever been able to land. I can't remember exactly what it was, um, but Elon was really excited about it. Mm -hmm. Got his mind off the terror of uh, the AI monster that's coming in his dreams. <laughs> true, he's a big truther for AI. Yeah, he is. He got off the um, AI safety board today, earlier today. He um, because of like potential conflicts of interest with like self-driving cars and Tesla. He didn't want it to like influence his participation and whatnot. Interesting. That's interesting. So heating up a huge bomb yeah, with a uh, flamethrower. I like that a lot. <laughs> a stolian cocaine grab bomb. Yeah. Duh, as, sure. as, as you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to react to that with. Um, Kara, you got the next, what were they drinking? Uh, net neutrality was in the news a little while ago. What, can you explain that? And then who was drinking? What were they drinking? Yeah, so this was going on for a little while or for quite some time, but kind of all came to a head in December of 2017. Uh, the FCC voted to repeal net neutrality. Uh, so the chairman of the FCC is Ajit Pai. Uh, he was drinking Dom Perignon out of his stupid, dumb, giant Reese's peanut butter cup mug uh, while the rest of us were just drinking Andre uh, because he is getting the best of uh, the situation and we are all potentially getting the worst. But as a side note, before I jump into net neutrality, have you guys seen his Reese's peanut butter cup yes, mug? Is what peanut butter cup? Oh, Reese's. Sorry, Reese's Jake has Jesus a very... Christ. I said the same thing. Reese's PCs. You don't Sorry. say that... Reese's Pieces. What's a PC? Yeah. Uh, that is... It's a, a snowflake. Thank you. I swear that is the first thing I ever remember hearing Jake say is what's a PC. Yeah, we I'm not at, uh, joking. We were at Walker Brothers. I know exactly. And what it's we're. what's yeah. a PC. Yeah. I thought you were going to say he was drinking out of his stupid squirt gun. Have you seen that picture of him in the Santa Claus suit with the squirt gun? No, I have not seen that Me? one. We'll tweet it out. Oh, no. Yeah, we'll tweet, we'll tweet the mug. Uh, we'll tweet the Santa squirt gun. I have not mm. seen that. Uh, 
at Tech and Tequila on Twitter, by the way. If you want to check those pictures out, we'll send those out this week. But so um, just as a little refresher, if you aren't familiar with net neutrality, uh, it's basically the idea that internet service providers uh, should give access to all content and all apps, regardless of who's created them. Um, and whomst has created them uh, with no favoritism, no blocking any websites, no blocking any content. Uh, pretty common sense. Uh, Ajit Pai doesn't think so. FCC doesn't think so. They voted uh, three to two on December 14th of last year to roll back net neutrality. Um, and so that they say it's not gonna be a big deal. Nothing's gonna change. We're gonna keep accessing the internet as we always have. But it means that the internet could really become pay to play and service providers like Comcast or Verizon uh, could basically determine what websites are fast, what websites are slow, what websites are blocked, um, and companies with more money could buy preferential treatment. So it could really change the way that we all uh, experience the internet today. And companies like ours that are internet-based, it's a scary thing because there are definitely some bigger players in our space just when it comes to capital, frankly, uh, who could potentially buy their way into the fast lane, the fast lane while we get slowed down, uh, which is scary. Um, so this was a big deal. Obviously, it was really largely protested. Amazon, Alphabet, Netflix, Facebook, all huge companies that you would think might uh, be in favor of the repeal uh, because they stand to benefit from it, to be honest. Um, they're all against it, too, and we're protesting. Um, and actually today, uh, it was announced that net neutrality rule or the order to reverse net neutrality rules is expected to be published this week. Um, so we can expect to see that sometime this week by the time you're listening to the pod that will probably be out. Um, and then legislative, there's a legislative deadline that Congress looks at. So they could potentially repeal it and overrule it. Or if they don't overrule it, then it could move forward. So it's at that kind of tipping point right now. So GPI sucks. Um, we like net neutrality, or at least I do. I won't speak for the whole pod. Um, and yeah, that's the gist. So I get it from a business perspective. From a personal user standpoint, can I be net neutralized? I don't know what that means. Yeah, net like neutered. <laughs> Net neutered. Like, <laughs> I mean, we like, were all net neutered before. Will my internet go slower than other people's internet? Well, I mean, you already do that. You pay you for your bandwidth usage, but like, uh, you personally might have to pay more to get Netflix or to get specific big sites. Okay. Because uh, they, if a big site didn't pay for the fast lane, you want to go there. You have to pay to access it without like terrible speeds. Interesting. Okay. It's more that they'll be like subject to the faster or slower, but like potentially that could just fall to you like cost. So if if you want to use Netflix at a certain speed, like you, you maybe charge more because they're like the price they're is paying going to more. Them. Yeah. I get it. Like it's so, good but, for so you if you where, only go to one if you only go to one website, you're good because you only pay for one website. Theoretically and like if all of these like terrible scenarios came true. Uh, if you like paid for one website and you only went there it'd be cool. But like if you go to a lot of websites, do a lot of streaming do a lot of stuff on different sites, it would cost you a lot of money to have decent speeds. Okay. But Comcast can't slow down my personal internet because I call them a lot and just complain to them repeatedly, right? I mean, they probably... They probably could. could. Right. Yeah. But, okay. like, 
areas where like could be concerning that like you look at Comcast, they own NBC, they own MSNBC, they own the Weather Channel, they own a bunch of TV networks that are related to that all have like web presences. Like all of those things, they could be promoting. Yeah. the speed and benefit of all of their own properties and neglecting everything else that you I like. I think it's pushing down their competitors. That yeah. Exactly. So more people so. watch uh, Xfinity.tv, whatever, and not Netflix because you'll have yep. to pay for Netflix, but the Xfinity web app is free. Yep. And Netflix is going really slow in yeah. your area because yeah. Netflix isn't paid. Yeah. So that's something that was happening uh, and has been ongoing for quite some time and is still ongoing. So we'll keep you updated. I'm sure that there will be some information um, about the kind of what Congress decides to do and where it goes from here. So we'll have to see. But fingers crossed that uh, it does not end up getting repealed. Final reminder, uh, Reese's Pieces. Reese's Guy's Pieces. Name, his name is Reese. Is there pieces. a Reese? My dog's name is Reese. It's a real name. Uh, no, I know it's a real name. Witherspoon oh, is, is better Reese-y? than your... Is it? No, I'm not questioning that. I'm asking, was there a mm. Reese who I had actually, a piece? I actually knew a girl growing up named Reese. Really? Yes. It's kind of cute. Sounds That's kind of hot. Kinda... It's cute. All right. Cute, sorry. Uh, I'm looking it up really quickly. This is good radio. Was there H.B. A Reese? Reese. Okay. Mm-hmm. By H. B. He Reese. was the second born son in Malcolm in the Middle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, we're on to our next segment. This one's called Buzzwords. Uh, in this segment, I pick some obscure tech buzzwords or jargon, and the other three do their best to figure out what those terms mean. Uh, Kara looking around at the orange sodas, I think. Yeah, I also just mouthed. I'm a little buzzed. Nice. <laughs> uh, Let the world know. So here we go. Um, the first term I've got for you guys, the first buzzword, is a nasty gram. <laughs> was a nasty gram. Okay, so n-grams are. Uh, oh, and I pulled these from Techopedia. I know com. what's an n-gram. Shout out! It's a uh, the last Instagram you post. Is <laughs> a nasty gram. The dirtiest Instagram you post. That's what, like, I honestly feel like it is, or it's just like something something mean that you're sending. What is an somebody. n-gram? I feel like it has something to do with it's the. Like AI development as n grant, like machine learning uses n grams. Like you're I, the expert here, Rob. I, I feel like. Is. is Jake and I like anywhere close? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Will you search n gram? I am. <laughs> was I closer? It's n dash gram. Uh, I don't know how close you were. You guys. You guys know that. Uh, what's the um, big grams? It's like uh, not Pharmacon. Who's the other person? Names like Pharmacon. She's a hot blonde it's, it's lady. Big boy. Yeah, big boy and. Uh, Fantagram. Fantagram, there you go. What is that? I randomly stumbled upon one of their concerts. I saw them at Lala last year. Wait, they play together? Mm -hmm. N-Gram is definitely a thing, Rob. It has nothing to do with this. Okay, what what Um, is an N-Gram? When you type in N-Gram, there's a type of probabilistic language model for predicting the next item in such a sequence in the form of a parentheses N-1 order Markov model. I knew about... 30% 30% of those words, so. Perfect. Um, I'm thinking nasty gram, like I think about nasty, obviously, but then gram being like something that's delivered, like a, a telegram. telegram, and so I'm thinking it has like to do with viruses. Like a malicious like, email? Yeah, so, yeah, like a malicious email. So like if you're getting like a spam email or some sort of phishing message, it's a nasty gram. I feel like Brett Favre sent some nasty grams. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 
His little thumbnail at the first. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Maybe it's like those emails you get from like Russian hookers. That uh, my dad actually had a problem. He's like, I don't know uh, why I keep getting these. <laughs> they were like, Shout out to your dad. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Johnny? Uh, Johnny's signing up for some nice sites. He's getting like soliciting emails. They went to a spam folder, but he was like, What are these? Because he didn't understand that you get spam. Um, they were like dirty spam emails that were. It's like yours, but just like sexier. It could, <laughs> it could be that, or I'm also thinking like MoneyGram, like when you're transferring mm. money from one person to another. Maybe it's like same thing, like spam-ish, scammy, ooh, ooh. but like they're trying to take your money. Um, could it be some kind of falsified blockchain transaction? Oh, okay, experts. Well, no, like there, it's, uh, it has to be like confirmed by a bunch of parties. But maybe if like someone gave you the wrong delivery address or did something within the transactional process to make you send something to the wrong Bitcoin wallet. Sneaky. Is it is it like a present day thing or is it a historical Can't ask that. Word. Cause it's I'm thinking it's of not like historical. Pro- it's in like you I'm could- I'm a program now, like a, like a computer program. That's where the gram comes from? Yeah. Too many grams. Golden grams. Okay. <laughs> On the note of golden grams, what do we got? All right. I think Carol was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, a nasty gram is an email or other communication that is hostile, threatening, or malicious. So it's oh, not I definitely got it. Yeah. No, well, you said like a, it's not, so the malicious here is like you sent one that's pretty salty. Oh, like, so you just sent like angry. a mean email? Yeah. Oh. This term can be applied to any not medium like of mail. communication, but in the digital era, it is commonly applied to formats like email chatting or mobile SMS texting. So I did want to clarify on the malicious part of it, because yeah. malware or something, but when I just searched Nastygram in, uh, in Google, it said a particularly offensive email message. So I think mm. it's about the content of the text of the message, not mm. about a sort of program or something that would infect you. Have any of you guys ever sent a Nastygram? And would you like to read it on the air right now? I've definitely sent like a... a if text count, yeah. I send passive aggressive emails, but that's about as far into nasty as I get. Uh, I feel like maybe like some customer service ones. I don't get because I've been in customer service. I try to be like as formal and like polite while like being firm. That's me. Passive aggressive but formal, so no one can come back at you. I received one once when we used to do nice. our own outreach for uh, review camp review oh. stuff. Yeah, mm. someone um, called me a, a cuck. <laughs> well, cool. don't be a cuck next time. Sorry. Uh, so that's a nasty gram. Uh, next time you send one, we'll bring it up on there. So remember sure. that nasty gram. Uh, the second buzzword we have, second and final buzzword this week is con flicker. C O N flicker. F- uh, is flicker have an E in it? I was just going to ask that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. F L I C K E R con flicker. Con flicker. Is, is con flicker a verb or is it a noun? It's a noun. Okay. A con flicker. Uh, maybe uh, error in your luck, web development process that makes the web page flicker. Or it makes a component of the web page flicker. Here, I feel like this is your area of expertise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a bean joke? <laughs> <laughs> okay, being serious as the only oh, person. Nice. I'm For the record, being I'm going to. Being serious. <laughs> I'm going to count the last one as like a half win for me. And I won one before. So as the only person who's figured these out, I'm going to go for two in Fig- one day. Figured it. 
for I'm gonna fingered. go for the back to back. Um, Easy. <laughs> I'm thinking instead of it being con flicker, I'm thinking that it's conflict, like conflict or so. That's I had, what I I thought that was is it, no because it could be a, a con like something related to con flicker like you're saying like flicker in the lights or I'm thinking like conflict and then flicker. So, so, okay, jump in. So my, yeah, that was my initial thought also. So it's kind of like um, if there was something on like a web page that was like flashing, but then there was like something else that was like, or that was flickering, but then there was something that was also conflicting with it that was also flickering. Like, Oh, you have two like web elements on this, like on the same page and they're like kind of overlapping and they're like dynamic. So then they just like bounce and they don't know how to like mm. display. I like that. Yeah. I'm going with that. How I'm going to guess we're pretty far off. Uh, I'm pretty close, but uh, so <laughs> you guys might be mad at me because it's con thicker. God damn it! <laughs> Wait, that's he said it wrong. He said it wrong. <laughs> I wrote it wrong. Thicker. What con thicker? Like thick with an F. So okay, wait. So wait. Let's stop though. Let's go to what well, con thicker. This makes it so much. We more. know where Jake's head was at. First of all, but 100%. there's no relevance to the bean joke. But okay, let's go to con thicker then. I'm it has. So sorry. That leads me to configure and con thicker. I don't know. I'm going word sounds. That's as close as I'm. I got so far. Just for the record, I wrote it. I wrote the word, and just put an L in. But then I copied and pasted. That's how I found out. So I read it correctly. <laughs> this both the definition. I read the incorrectly spelled one mm. correctly. So it wasn't a reading. It was an initial reading problem. But this reading problem. It's just not where your head was at. It just one hundred percent. That's why I picked, I picked it because I saw a flicker. <laughs> yeah, just tell us the definition. All right. Configure is a worm that infects computers running the Windows operating system by using known flaws in Windows. Configure we uses dictionary attacks on it's just a breed administrator of passwords to hijack machines and link them to a virtual machine hmm. that is remotely controlled by its creator. Never would have gotten that, ever. Hmm. So thank you for cutting us off. Which operating system? Wouldn't have gotten there. Windows? I don't know. Just Windows in general. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's click. Because wasn't WannaCry? Didn't they manipulate something in? They can flicker. First it. detected in November two thousand eight. Uh, they believe that in I was in eighth grade. By January <laughs> two thousand nine. <laughs> Stop, Jake. Where were we? Uh, we were sophomores in college. I was studying <laughs> abroad. Oh, what was her name? Oh, <laughs> got her. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, speaking of, never mind. We're on to our next segment. It's called programming. So in programming, Kara gets the chance to address issues in the workplace or tech culture that directly impact women. Kara, there's been a lot to talk about the last four months. Uh, I'll let you take this one away. Thanks. Uh, so a lot of what we talked about in past episodes, like sometimes we've gotten kind of specific about things that I've experienced or women in uh, like my network or our office have experience, but then we've also gone kind of broad about mm -hmm. uh, some issues in the tech world uh, where 
there was kind of systemic harassment or systemic issues with sexism. Uh, and the biggest thing that's come up that kind of ties to that uh, really started the day after our last pod was recorded and released. Um, so this is the Me Too and Time's Up movements. Uh, hashtag Me Too. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, you're probably living under a rock because it's been everywhere, um, rightfully, over the past five months or so. Um, so sorry, I was distracted by Aaron vaping. Uh, <laughs> so just a quick rundown of everything we've missed. Uh, so Rob said the last time we recorded and released was on October 4th, right? The last time it was published. Okay. Last time it was published October 4th on October 5th of 2017, actress Ashley Judd, uh, accused Harvey Weinstein, media mogul of sexual harassment in a New York times article. That was the first kind of recorded, a public instance of a woman coming out against Weinstein specifically, though there had been tons of instances in the past where people had talked about it and it was kind of public knowledge. Uh, but that was kind of the start of women in Hollywood talking about harassment and addressing it in a public forum. Uh, about 10 days later, actress Alyssa Milano, uh, who's the boss? Was she who's the boss? She was definitely charmed. She definitely hosts Project Runway All-Stars. That's why I know and like her. Uh, but she brought back the phrase, me too, uh, by tweeting out, if you've been sexually harassed or assaulted, write me too as a reply to this tweet. And it turned into a massive movement. Uh, it was started in 2006, though, the term me too by Trana Burke who is a survivor of sexual assault and she wanted to help bring exposure to women specifically women of color um who had survived sexual harassment and sexual violence so that kind of is what like kicked everything off with the me too movement it became really widely popular outside of hollywood basically any woman who had experienced some sort of discrimination or harassment um was tweeting that out hashtag me too um, this has kind of led to like a snowball effect of people feeling empowered and like they had the voice and the platform to come out and um, name their harassers or the people who have violated them. So just to name a few of the many people who have been publicly uh, outed as sexually harassing women, uh, Harvey Weinstein, obviously that has been a massive one. And like I said, that was the one that kicked everything off. But Kevin Spacey, Larry Nasser, who was the team doctor for a bunch of gymnastics teams. Hundreds. Uh, yeah, and harassed and sexually abused hundreds of women. Uh, Republican Senate nominee Roy Moore, Matt Lauer from the Today Show, uh, Louis C.K., Russell Simmons, Senator Al Franken, Woody Allen, which wasn't news to anybody, <laughs> Mario Batali, Jeremy Piven, and there are literally dozens if not hundreds of men in Hollywood and elsewhere who have been accused publicly um, and finally been called out for their actions and for their violence against women and men um, who have come out against these people. Um, another cool thing that happened uh, for this movement was that in December, Time Magazine featured Silence Breakers as its 2017 Person of the Year. Um, in the past, they have gone outside the idea of like just a single person being the Person of the Year. Um, but Tarana Burke was really the inspiration of this, but then they also featured all of the women or 
yeah, highlighted all of the women who had come out and kind of broken their silence about these men who had been harassing them uh, and creating these toxic work environments and just life environments. Um, and then, so that's kind of like the Me Too part of it. And then Time's Up was founded in January of this year, uh, founded in Hollywood, but meant to represent women everywhere. Um, there was a blackout at the Golden Globes where everyone showed up or should have shown up wearing black if they didn't. They were making a poor choice to not help represent the movement. Uh, but Time's Up is kind of extending the idea of advocacy and uh, legal funding beyond just Hollywood. And they're focusing on any industry where any woman is uh, experiencing sexual harassment or abuse. So they've highlighted um, the tech world. They've highlighted agriculture, the service industry, waitresses, basically anyone. Um, and they're basically these celebrity women who started are saying, hey, we know that we have a platform and we know that we have an outlet to be heard. And so we will kind of be your voice and raise you up. But it's about all women and all people being equal and treated fairly. Um, Time's Up stands for time being up on sexual assault, on harassment, on inequality. They're demanding equal pay and safe workplaces for everybody, everywhere. Um, and like I mentioned before, kind of providing access to legal funds. So those have been two massive, massive movements that have really formed and kicked off and taken a life of their own since the last time that we talked. I'm sure we would have kind of sprinkled those in over the last five months, but that's kind of where we're at with those. Um, what have been your guys' experiences of kind of watching this unfold? Well, I think you spoke a lot about Hollywood and some other industries outside of technology and, and the tech workspace. Um, I think those are such, I feel like in the tech space it's very progressive and I feel like there's always been a lot of talk about it. I mean, even going back to old podcasts, we discussed, um, the Uber guy. Yeah. The, you know, we've discussed Uber a lot. We discussed, remember that, uh, Google, Google James yeah, that I was just about to say, I couldn't remember the guy's name. Um, so this has been something that's been kind of, I want to say more outspoken than in other industries um, within the tech world. Um, but in my opinion, it's been most um, profound to see these really, really public facing industries that where women are coming forward um, and really kind of bringing it to light more so than um, the tech world even could. Because while wow, these companies that were affected like Uber or, or companies that were represented or part of it or got the discussion going like Uber and Google are huge. It's still kind of like a niche um, in the grand scheme of the world, you know what I mean? Whereas movies and pop culture is so much larger um, and is so much more far reaching. Um, and so I think that that's the, been the most impactful aspect of the last um, four months or, or since this has really started. I think one of the tough things is to say that it takes a celebrity or someone who people are kind of idolizing to speak up, to have things taken seriously and be legitimized. Um, but something that I really thought was powerful was um, there were, I believe, about eight to ten celebrities during the Golden Globes who actually brought advocates for women's rights as their kind of plus ones to the Golden Globes um, and gave up all of their red carpet time to those women to speak out and be able to speak about their causes. Um, one of those was Toronto Burke. Um, another one 
don't know her name off the top of my head, which I apologize about, um, but is a huge advocate in the agriculture industry for field workers um, who experience abuse. Uh, and it kind of went on and on of all these different facets of women in different industries who were getting to have a voice and people were getting to learn who they were um, and getting to care about who they were more than just someone for their celebrity. So I thought that that was pretty neat. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, I mean, just, in addition to it being like everywhere and in like the business world, like it's just strange to see like dozens of Facebook friends and literally every social media, like probably half the women I know posted something about it. And it was all, a lot of that stuff happened like very quickly when it was like prompted, rightfully so. And then, but it was cool to see it not like taper off. Like it still is being discussed today. And it started like four months ago mm-hmm. that's crazy that's like in a good way like, yeah I don't know. and really like so much more like remember like the women's march that was probably like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. um i know that they did like a year anniversary of the women's march but it was much smaller than it was in like the year past so like you could kind of see i don't want to say the taper off there but there wasn't as much involvement from the you know overall women's community um but this has kind of maintained its course and stayed strong, which I think is a unique um, aspect of the movement. Uh, even today, like we, it just, it, it's weird almost when a couple of days go by and there hasn't been a major like case, but it's been across industries and things like Ford. This is a story I saw today when I was looking up things, but Ford's North American head uh, was, is departing immediately. Um, and it doesn't say necessarily for like sexual harassment or something, but for inappropriate behavior. Um, I wonder what that. And Ford is the quote is Ford is deeply committed to providing and nurturing a safe and respectful culture. Like that signals to me, you know, something that's sexual harassment. That it's just like a normal thing, which is not good. That's normal, and that people have had this happen. But that's continued. It's been a steady stream, and as people have felt that the time is right, like they've continued to keep outing people who are. Yeah, nobody stopped being pissed off. Yeah, I like that. That's definitely, I think the culture has shifted where people feel like they can speak out and have a voice. A little bit of the pessimist in me worries that I know that some companies and a lot of companies are doing it other right reasons, but then part of me worries that with the movement, companies are just like, oh, this is a liability, and they're just kind of dealing with things for only the legal reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy that things are getting done regardless, but I hope that there's also just like, that compassion and desire to actually create safe work environments for everyone where everyone is receiving equal experiences and equal pay, not just because they're going to get sued if they don't, like, but yeah. because companies actually want to and they want to foster that it's culture. Kind of when you see a, some company that like you probably think they don't actually care, but they're taking advantage of like a populist opportunity where they're embracing immigration policies mm-hmm. or some kind of similar progressive cause. And you feel a little bit conflicted about it. You're like, I know you're trying to make money off this no matter what, but like, hopefully it's a little less diabolical. Yeah. Either way, it's bringing the right kind of exposure. I think that there were a lot of instances in the past where things like this were just swept under the rug or dismissed when they were reported. And so this is giving validity and a voice. Um, and I think it has been really powerful over the fa- past five months to watch. And I, like you guys have mentioned, I think it's going to continue. So. Um, yeah, it's been exciting to watch, and I'm excited to see how it continues. Thanks for that, Kara. Uh, we're going to go on to uh, 
our next segment. It's called Cut to the Chaser. Um, in this one, we explore a complex text story and then distill it into something that's easier to understand. Um, Aaron, a lot's gone on with Russia and uh, social media over the last few months and honestly, since the election mm-hmm. um, more than a year ago. But over the last four months, what, what are the updates? What, what should we know about Russia and what's been going on? Uh, well, I mean, regardless of the tech world, a lot of people have been indicted from that like Mueller investigation and whatnot, and uh, it's still ongoing. And um, I mean, that remains to be seen. But recently, uh, the story has not been super complex, more just like mildly funny, but also terrifying and kind of logical. But um, I mean, like a month ago, Twitter deleted uh, like a quarter of a million tweets from Russia-linked accounts during the 2016 election for malicious activity. It's like fake news and just like spreading weird propaganda, um, which <laughs> I looked at one of the lists of some of the Twitter handles that got banned <laughs> recently, um, and they were so believable as uh, people with their handle were like, Leroy Love USA, USA underscore gunslinger, and Patriot Blake. Those are some of the <laughs> Patriot but, like. Yeah. But I'd be curious to know like how many followers did those people you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. they probably hundreds got, of thousands. Yeah. Well, and that's the um yesterday. Or no, uh yeah, they emailed seven hundred thousand people like when they did that about like, oh, this is how many people uh the reach hit. Jeez. Then that like two weeks later they announced that it had more than doubled and it's probably actually like way more than that. Uh, but recently, um uh, da, da, da. like 200, another quarter of a million accounts got like banned. They don't really know how much the total of it was, but there was a purge recently, like within this week. Uh, and a lot of like conservative Twitter famous people, including um, Richard Spencer, the Nazi fashion icon, uh, human gonad Alex Jones, and mm-hmm. his InfoWars buddy Paul Joseph Watson, and like a bunch of other people tweeted out within the last 24 hours, Oh, I'm, I've lost like thousands of followers i don't know what it was and they're like no like half of your follower base was just bots Dang. but people are still tweeting about it hashtag twitter lockout uh if you're a nut job so yeah yeah i mean it's super interesting and it's i mean it's very scary but all things considered it's kind of brilliant on the part of the russians if you really wanted to wreak havoc there's no better place to do it than social media which is a place where just people hide behind avatars anyways and it could be anybody that's saying this stuff and if you've ever been on twitter or ever read um subtweets and you know twitter threads and uh, i'm not the best at twitter terminology no, but you're killing it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not hashtags yeah. hashtags uh at uh, um but if if you've ever read any of that stuff, the, the the arguments and the divisiveness of it is so extreme that there is no middle in our political world on social media. It is literally you are far one side or far the other, or so it seems at least. Or maybe that's just the people who choose to comment on stuff, obviously. That's not everybody in the world. But it's such a vulnerable place. And... Russia really hit the nail on the head. I mean, it was the easiest place to wreak havoc in today's society. It's scary, though, because I was going to look it up, but I'm just going to say I don't know. There's a huge percentage of people who get their news from Twitter. 
and from social media and don't read other news or watch other news and that's where they get their information and that's part of why I love Twitter is because there's instant access to a lot of information as it happens and as these events unfold but at the same time if people are uneducated and they don't know how to discern whether an account is real and honest and trustworthy or not then like you are being kind of infiltrated it's scary well i think the crazy part is that like a lot of these accounts i believe looked really legit so like it's i don't even think it's uneducated is the right thing to say it's just you don't know nobody knows you know what i mean well, it could be easily mistaken i'm sure that there's telltale signs and i i don't honestly follow that much politics on twitter so I don't know to the extent, but from what I've read, they seemed like rather believable accounts. There's just like a lack of verification effort because like getting your news from something like Facebook or Twitter is not like inherently bad, but usually because you're getting people that you know tweeting out New York Times articles or like some reliable source. But when you see an image with some text that's like all of these... Uh, Muslims in Sweden are raping everybody. And you're just like, oh, this already kind of like is something I assumed was true or like something that, oh, it like instantly makes sense. And you don't go to verify it anywhere. That's the problem. You're not fact checking anything. You're just like, oh, this reinforces what I already believed. I'm going to retweet it. And then it's just kind of domino effects from there. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, like it happens, like even something as silly as like, someone tr tweets out or puts on Facebook a little picture with like a quote from some celebrity or some historical person and it's not true it's not an accurate quote the person never said that but it goes everywhere because it sounds good and people like it you'll just spread it and share it and everyone thinks oh Abraham Lincoln said that because <laughs> someone put it out there and it's out there it's the same thing it's People are seeing this information, presuming it to be true, and then suddenly it becomes fact in your mind when it's actually based on nothing. And it's, mm. yeah, it's scary. There's like a few studies that say like, yes, the like conservative end of that is more heavily influenced by it. But like I've seen uh, screenshots of Donald Trump saying, oh, if I ever ran for president, I would run as a Republican because they're so exactly. fucking gullible. But like that's not something he actually said. But I kind of was like, I wouldn't have been surprised if he said that. Yeah. But that's him's. He's a special little man. Uh, and I think it just boils down to, like like I said, like social media is just very easily manipulated. And it's just a place that people are divisive to begin with because you're not actually saying something to somebody's face. You're hiding anyways. And it's just kind of a, the easiest target. It's the most low-hanging fruit if you're, if you're Russia. Twitter should just add, like, the verification little check mark to, like, news sources. If somebody tweets out something, just add a little... It's been oh, a bad idea. You should tweet at uh, Joe or Jack or whatever his name is. I mean, some people just don't care. No, that's true. The media literacy. Are you thinking Tom from yeah. MySpace? Is that who, what you're no, thinking? there's one for Twitter, right? Who's the guy who like created Twitter? Jack. Is it Jack? You're thinking Tom from MySpace. I said Joe at first. I think it's Jack. I like the idea. I never I'm was on MySpace. <laughs> what? At uh, Jack no. Dorsey. Mm. Yeah, Jack Dorsey. Right. Yeah, there we go. Jack Dorselfin. So that's Russian social media boiled down. Uh, next up, we got cryptocurrency. Rob, why do I keep seeing all these memes about Bitcoin going around? What's been going on in the last four months? So we back in like I don't know what was it like May. We're like, why did we not invest in Bitcoin? Well, yeah, it was dumb. That was dumb. We have, we've said that on every single podcast that we ever recorded. 
Um, over in November and December, it went even crazier. Bitcoin got up to almost $20,000 of Bitcoin. Um, all these altcoins were just going ape shit left and right and going up insane 400, 500%. Um, then it crashed and it all came back tumbling down um, after the new year. Um, a lot of people think it could either be taking profits, like people were just up an absurd amount of money and we're like, well, a lot of these coins probably were just created by somebody in their basement and we should probably just get out of this while we can. Um, so a lot of people got out. Um, Bitcoin fell by 50%. Um, it's still, in, in recent, in the last week, two weeks, three weeks, it's recovered a bit, um, as have some of the bigger um, cryptocurrencies, but um, it's still fluctuating at absurd rates. Um, and over November and December, it really, all cryptocurrencies had a, a huge spike. Um, and then since then, it's kind of come back down to reality. Um, I'm sure um, people saw how much it was going up in January or in uh, November and December, and a lot of people probably got in at all-time highs. Um, never a good thing when you're investing in general. Um, first rule of thumb is buy low, sell high. Um, people are buying high and then it goes low. So people that were um, trading it correctly probably also made tons of money. So um, it's it's still kind of a bizarre phenomenon in my mind um, that you put um, a whole bunch of money into something that's like OMG coin or <laughs> Doge coin. Coin. yeah Dogecoin or Catcoin or whatever the hell it is. Um, well, it's crazy how volatile it really was because I I bought in like early December. I bought a bunch of Ripple and Litecoin mm. and I instantly made like $400. And I'm still up like 20 bucks or something, <laughs> but like it just really leveled out. And, yeah. Uh, I'm, I did not ever invest in Bitcoin, but I went for Ether and I went for Litecoin. And I'm up, like I'm decently up, but it is that thing of like, I feel like I'm just going to own it forever and I'm just going to like sit on it forever because like you just don't know and it is so volatile that like I could sell today at I don't know like three times profit of what I originally invested which in. Which is at, incredible. How long have you great. been invested in? Litecoin's at 208, which is actually maybe since July, something like that. See like that's an unbelievable return like 300% in general on any investment is a is wild in six or eight months however long it's been but then the other part of me says like oh, maybe i'll just sit on it forever because if you do have a big spike but part of what happened that was scary and weird and makes me question is that when this whole giant spike was happening around all of the big cryptos a lot of the wallets weren't able to cash people out or they were freezing or there were being issues. So like I use Coinbase. I know a lot of people use Coinbase. I don't it's, use Coinbase. It's, you don't use Coinbase? No. It's, I'd say it's probably the most popular wallet. Oh, Maybe definitely. I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, but so. it's one of the most popular. And so it was to the point where like people could have made like, I don't know, like insane, like uh, what percentage profits? Like... I mean, if you bought a thousand dollars worth in 2010, right now you'd be up seventy three. How much did fifty cents? Okay, but I'm time? talking more. There was there was like a maybe three day span back in end of 2017 when there was like a huge spike that was maybe like 
doubling or tripling with Litecoin yeah. and Bitcoin Cash. For two days, Ripple was the Ripple CEO was literally technically the uh, theoretical most wealthy man in the world. And yeah. so there was, just because was of the inflation like, of that. Like, I'm talking specifically about that spike where it yeah. was huge. Like, I don't know. It was something like five, six times, like something like very, very high, very, very fast. But and people were trying to cr- cash out and Coinbase was just crashing. But if you were really like trading it seriously, you were probably on an exchange, not just holding stuff in a wallet. So people probably were able to sell out and cash out and probably did make a lot of money in these weird spikes. But it's so unregulated and so bizarre. And like, it's just, it's so risky that if you really have that much of like your saving, like people who are putting life savings and stuff into cryptocurrencies, it's just not a good thing. It's just dumb. (laughs) And like the Ripple thing, like that blew me away. The fact that like the the Ripple founders were richer than the founders of Google. Google is probably the most useful tool uh, in the world at this point. Like I, I literally can't think maybe cell phones, but you can't even buy Ripple on Coinbase because it's not even pop. Like, I mean, they were considering. There was rumors that they were considering, but like, you literally can't buy anything tangible with Ripple. Yeah, you can yeah. buy other coins. But and it's yeah. wait, and it's crazy that these people who started Ripple own like seventy percent of the Ripple coins out there, and they just market really, really well. And mm. then all these people buy it and drive the price up. That's and also they like own the least. like seventy billion ripples i don't even know what they are you know what i mean mean? that's also like like, the least transparent one it's not actually like a true blockchain it's a weird distributed ledger that's like behind their weird closed corporate door because it's it's easier to implement and process and it's like super frictionless transactions and stuff but there's not a lot of insight and it's really easy to yeah to me that's just so sketchy right that's just like great marketing you get everybody convinced that like your coin is going to make them tons of money Mm, the next and in actuality it's making you tons of money so that's just absurd to me. I don't understand that at all. To me, that feels like as close you're going to get to a pyramid scheme of some sorts. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that like real cryptocurrency, like, you know, knowledge, real super knowledgeable cryptocurrency people could probably tell us a whole lot more than like our meager debate here. But that's kind of what happened. It all went crazy. Now it's kind of come back down to earth. It's still up a ton year over year. Um, and nearly every coin, but altcoins have kind of come back down to reality. Um, Bitcoin will probably always be trudging along. Pulled up right now. <clears throat> Bitcoin one year ago today was w- worth one thousand. No, what does it say? A one thousand percent increase. It's still BPI, over ten. It says one thousand one hundred dollars. The peak nineteen thousand three hundred dollars yeah, on December sixteenth. Uh, fell back down to sixty nine hundred dollars. Nice. February fifth. It's at ten. Uh, right, now. right now at ten thousand four hundred. And it was up to. I think it was up to almost twelve yesterday or two days ago. But I do think it was that mid December, mid to late December oh, yeah. spike the where there was the like 20K, a. Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of days spike where Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ether were all really, really, and Bitcoin Cash too were all just the Ripple thing spiking. Me out, but like the Bitcoin Cash thing is just, I don't trust that. What the fuck is that? Sorry. It's a f- frick. It's a fork. It's a fork. What the fork that. is that? It's a fork of the Bitcoin. How many times legend. does that divide? Is there a finite number of... Yeah, you know, I don't really get all of it. I, I It's all a little sketchy. But bomb-ass segue right here into tech stocks, mm. something more tangible in real life. And if you have, you know, probably more than like 5% of your active portfolio in cryptocurrencies probably move a whole lot of that into tech stocks because they're incredible and they've been on a tear as have all stocks like what are examples of ones that have been crushing 
So the likes of Microsoft and Amazon and Facebook and, and all major software players um, and technology players, really. Besides Snapchat. Besides Snapchat. But even Snapchat's <laughs> but up Snapchat over Snapchat had a little boost. Yeah, they Snapchat had a, had a big bump. Um, they just had a sad year. And I was gonna... They're but, always sad. But the beginning, a lot of tech IPOs have struggled in their first years. But um, they're above dot-com uh, boom highs, which is crazy to think about because that's probably the largest bubble that and the real estate bubble that we've seen since uh, I'm not a great economist, but there was a big crash in the 80s and then before that since the Great Depression. Um, the 80s? The 80s, yes. At some point in the, the, the 80s, thing? there was Black Friday. Oh. Pre oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Pre-80s. Recession. Yeah, your Jimmy Carter. I'm pretty sure the Dow right dropped like 40 percent in one day in the 80s, which is absurd to think about. Um, stocks have kind of started to come back a little bit, um, back down to reality. They're probably still propped up a little bit. Anytime everything's at an all-time high, again, probably not the best time to buy into stocks in general. Again, rule of thumb: sell high, buy low. Um, and it could even come back to reality even further. But tech stocks are booming, and they're at higher rates than they were higher levels than they were at the end of 2001 um, when the dot-com bubble burst. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Rob. We took a pee break and Rob is eating uh, Cheez-Its. Full transparency here. We're on to our, uh, our last segment. It's called A-B testing. Uh, that's our trivia segment. So in A-B testing, the other three, they pick a buzzer sound with their phones. I've got 10 questions for them. When I start reading a question, they can buzz in at any time, but I will immediately stop reading the question when I hear a buzzer. Um, if you get it wrong, you cannot answer again, and I will continue to read the question until somebody else buzzes in. Um, there's no negative points for answering a question incorrectly, only a positive point for getting it correct. Uh, contestant with the highest total at the end of 10 questions wins It was about to sleep. Okay, fine. What's your sound? That's Aaron. Can I just highlight really quickly? Aaron created that drop for himself. Bazinga. Before the pod started. He recorded it on his phone from a YouTube clip of the Big Bang Theory. Perfect. Which Aaron is Walker, aka Young Shelton. <laughs> Someone else played their buzzer noise. I like turtles. That's Rob. Oh, <laughs> is that a zipper? Yeah. That sound like a fart. Should I do? And I, I like. I don't sure, that's I fine. like the zipper. Okay. Okay. I got a new a new app, so I'm I'll yell Bazinga in the meantime. I'm gonna my thing closes because I have it on low battery mode. Okay. All right. Go. I'll yell. Uh, so again, this is A/B testing. It's going well so far. Um, and these, for the sake of transparency, not gonna probably go back full four months because it was really hard to go back four months in the news. Um, so number one, question number one, these are more like a last month type of situation. Nervous. So this company accepted $245 million to settle its court case on self-driving cars with Uber. I like turtles. Rob? Waymo. What is Waymo? Correct. Dang. Waymo settled its dispute over trade secrets for $245 million and quote Uber's regret. That was part of it. It should Uber be acknowledged that regret. Waymo is owned by Google. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm. Uh, a... Google, no, Waymo employee went to Uber. Uh, former, yeah. Yes, yes. Anyway, Rob mm -hmm. won, Kara zero, 
Aaron, zero. Thank so. you. Question number two. A change.org petition received more than 1.2 million signatures. Damn it. What? To change the Snapchat UI. Uh, Snapchat is the correct answer. Snapchat. What is um, that? What is Snapchat? <laughs> so asking this social media company to remove its redesign. So Snapchat's redesign was met with some backlash, and the company said it will make some changes in the near future. Do you guys like it or dislike no, it? I, no. I really hate it. I don't like the uh, non-linear Snapchat story stuff, the integrated ads within that. You can't just like, I don't know. For me, it's just, and this is because I'm an old, it's hard to tell who has just sent you a snap versus whose story you have access to. Like, I know it bolds the text and you see it, but like, it's harder to tell. I don't have Snapchat. All right. Also, can I just note that Aaron and I have been working really hard and I feel like Rob has just been reading the news and that's why he's doing so well. That makes sense to me. Yeah, it's possible. (laughs) Rob, two. Kara, Aaron, zero. Question number three. By the end of 2018, 12 U.S. cities will mm. get this from AT&T. I like <laughs> Rob? What is 5G? 5G wireless. And their cell phones. Is Chicago one of them? Uh, AT&T announced that its first round will have Atlanta, Georgia, Dallas, uh, I think Fort Worth maybe. Um, Chicago wasn't in the list I saw. Whatever. But 12 cities will have that by the end of eight, 2018. Faster... Upload and download speeds, lower latency, other nice buzzwords. A lot of, a lot of nasty grants. Good broadband. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right. Is, is that like Pussy Riot or <laughs> same thing? Uh, Joan Jet. <laughs> <laughs> Rob three. Riot girl. Karen, era, Aaron zero. Cool. Uh, question number four. This country announced that it is. Pre-selling virtual currency that will be launched later this year. The currency is Venezuela. Venezuela, yeah. The currency is backed by its oil reserves and will hopefully help pull Venezuela out of its financial crisis. That's cool. They it don't is. have like real currency. I know like they're creating a cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a great idea. Sorry, Cesar. Rob three. It's a poor Aaron one. That's not a good business model. <laughs> but they have one resource. They have a lot of oil, but like. They have Texaco. Uh, well, their people don't have food, so that's what they're trying. Uh, fair point. Out three. Aaron one. Kara, zero. This yep. web browser now filters out pop-up ads and others. I heard Aaron first. What? Chrome? Google Chrome. What's up? I knew uh, The feature was announced last year, and it's now live for users, but no more pop-ups or other annoying ads. Um, intrusive. There's an ad council that they're following the recommendation of. You are nothing. You are a and you had a waste of time. Good night. Stop talking about yourself. All right. Uh, <laughs> Rob three, Aaron two, Kara zero. Yeah. All right. Question number six. This social media company posted its first ever quarter of profit. Uh-oh. Kara. Snapchat. Incorrect. No. <laughs> Aaron. Facebook. Incorrect. Damn it. Do you hear the whole thing? Yeah. Yes, please. Damn it. No. This social media company posted its first ever quarter of profit as a public company. I still would have said Snapchat. Did they post profit? I don't know. I'm gonna go ahead and say, uh, "What is Twitter?" Correct. Uh, Early in February, Twitter announced profit of 91 million dollars for its final quarter okay, of 2017. Okay. Kind of Saw shares go up 12 percent as a result. Yep. Uh, it lost some over 100 million dollars year over year, like the previous year. So 
it's kind of a surprise to see that it turned a profit. Anyway, Rob's up four, two over Aaron. Uh, Carrie, you could still tie for the lead by Ooh. getting the last four correct. I'm Question number scared. seven. This dog walking company received $300 million. Kara? I'm going to say wag. Correct. Woo! Oh, sorry, that was loud in the mic. Um, so SoftBank Vision, the SoftBank Vision Fund uh, gave wag $300 million late in January. Uh, the company had received $68 million in funding before that investment. It should be noted that SoftBank, I feel like, has invested in every single company ever. Since they have so much this money. Podcast. Yeah. A bajillion dollars. Yeah. Yes. So much money. Uh, so I've got Rob four, Aaron two, Kara one. Question number eight. In January, this computer chip company was fined $1.2 billion by the EU for its deal with Apple. I like turtles. I heard Aaron first. NVIDIA. Incorrect. I like turtles. Rob. But it's Qualcomm. Correct. Qualcomm regulators said it offered financial incentives to ensure that manufacturers bought parts exclusively from them. Uh, Rob five, Aaron two, Carol one. It's in the bag, but we'll do the last Doesn't two matter. anyway. Question number nine, early in February, Rob's not even holding this phone. Just okay. <laughs> hands behind the head. Uh, YouTube suspended the ads of this star for his recent... Aaron? Fine. I think I definitely had that, but... Okay, Carol. Nope. Go for it, Aaron. Tell you. Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Yeah, I knew that. I mentioned it earlier. With the other Paul. No, he mentioned Rob mentioned the other one and I said mm, Logan. Okay. Well Okay. Hmm. What, uh, what as a podcast listener, I know that there are two teams to the Pauls. What team are you? You pick one? Are people yeah, in between the two? One. Yeah, because I'm a I'm oh, a, I'm an AWL. Sure. I know that there's a low gang, which is for Logan Paul. <laughs> he seems like the worst of the two because I know his name. They both are bad. They both like bad boys. kind of They've... prey on tweens to be their followers. Like the who's the Jake is the other one. He is like kind of leveraged his fame into being a what on the Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, Disney Channel. I think. Well, I'm I, I've read this. You know, I've I only never... know this because of the Suicide Forest. I thing. don't even know what they look like. The blonde one looks like a big like, jerk. I don't but know he was on, I know him because of the Suicide Force thing and because Logan Paul was a guest judge on Top Disney Chef, Channel. which I didn't understand. Disney Channel. My, and my so, high school cousins told me about the Suicide and so, Levi yeah. told me about it. But, <laughs> same thing. But so with like being on the Disney Channel, he has a lot of like tween kid followers, but then posts inappropriate stuff. Who and like watches YouTubers? Kids do now. No, like, that's the like yeah. Besides tweens. Oh like. yeah, yeah. No, totally fair. And so I don't like them because I feel like they both dropped out of high school because they realized what they were on Vine, I think, and they mm -hmm. realized that they could get like a big following. Um, and they did like good for them, but they don't have anything going for them other than doing stupid shit. I'm not on either team. Is the gist of that? Hmm. I'm on both teams typically, so I'll do that again. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, question number ten. Same. In February. Is this is the last question? Sorry. Question number 10. Last question. Okay, sorry. This company announced it was laying off hundreds of employees in its Seattle offices. Bazinga. Microsoft. Incorrect. Damn it. Amazon. Amazon. Damn Incorrect. it. <laughs> I was like, what's <laughs> the other there you one? Go. Rob, do you have anything to say after winning the comeback round of trivia? I had a good comeback. I'll say. I had a streak. Two. <laughs> so you guys are formidable opponents. 
Why do you always win? I think it's because you legitimately don't work and you just read. No, it's because <laughs> it's because I wake up in the middle of the night every single night in order to try back to falling asleep. I read tech articles oh. because they're boring. <laughs> and that's what if you're listening, if you've made it all the way through this podcast, a tech related podcast, you know what I'm talking about. I just look at memes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, thanks, Rob, for winning. Um, we're on the end of the podcast. <laughs> Before we go, we uh, like to evaluate what we drank this episode. And this episode, again, a refresher. Kara, what did you bring? I brought Henry's Hard Soda made with cane sugar. And it contains alcoholic that they have to put that to warn you. But it is basically orange soda that is alcoholic. 4.2%. Rob, we're going to start with you. What are your thoughts on Henry's Hard Hard Soda? So mixing sugar with alcohol just feels like a hangover naturally i think i already have a headache from it um i think it's it's something that i literally try to avoid at all costs um i try to drink like liquor straight without like soda or your pop as we say here in chicago um i am going to say because it's a 4.2 percent alcohol by volume i'm going to give it a 4.2 out of Mm. what uh 6.9 Nice. Uh, Aaron, what are your thoughts on this, Henry's? It wasn't bad. It didn't taste very alcoholic, um, but it was very sweet. I left like a tenth of it in there uh, and switched back to delicious Miller Lite. It's, yeah. I wouldn't order it on my own, but I'll drink it if it's free. Orange soda is not my favorite soda. Really? Not, I'm not I anti it. I love orange soda. I, I love orange soda. I like a dreamsicle. It does taste. It just tastes like a creamsicle. Creamsicle. Uh, with like the mi- like most minor of alcohol um is it malt liquor that's in here it doesn't say i don't, I don't think it's like strong a, enough to be malt because no, that's no. what like a what like a mike's heart or whatever is malt isn't it though? like a I mad dog so. 2020 bling bling berry if i had to drink like a smear off ice or this i would definitely drink this mm-hmm. really yeah see like the ice to me this is uh, both are really bad having recently drank a blue smear off ice <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> I at noon in the workday at noon on the Tuesday <laughs> Monday when you were iced by Jake yeah it was a Monday wasn't no it? no I think it was like a Thursday to be frank but it, how long had that been in my drawer nope several weeks <laughs> that was the biggest highlight of the office move to be honest is when Rob opened his drawer and realized that he had been iced weeks ago and never knew it <laughs> Should have just left it in there for the person moving to my desk. Mm-hmm. The long con. Okay, any final thoughts on the orange soda wannabe? Yeah, so I'll say uh, I was reading the label. Um, it is a malt beverage with natural flavor and certified colors. Um, I really like orange soda. To me, this does just taste like orange soda. Um, I haven't had like a Mike's Hard or a Smirnoff in like a really long time. But I feel like those taste shitty. Like, this actually just tastes like orange soda. I'm kind of drunk. I'm drinking my second one. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> the only one who cracked a second one. I am the only one who cracked a second one. I would not. This is not. I'm normally, like, a hard alcohol or a straight beer. Like, this is not normally up my alley. I won't ever buy it again. But, like, tonight I've enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. No, no I, it wasn't I, bad. I like it. It's just not my style. Like, I'm not going to go out again and buy a Mike's Hard Lemonade or a Smirnoff Ice or a henry's hard soda though they do also make root beer and grape so if anyone wants to get weird and try something different they have options perfect 
Yeah. Uh, I had one last um, tidbit. Um, tomorrow, Thursdays at 7.30, Young Sheldon's on CBS. Uh, it, the story follows nine-year-old Sheldon Cooper as he navigates living with his family in East Texas and going to high school. Sponsored by CBS. <laughs> and Chuck Lorre. Bazinga. The Bazinga. worst human of all time. All right. And that's uh, the end of the comeback episode of Tech and Tequila. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> Please uh, help us by rating and reviewing the podcast. Subscribing on iTunes and SoundCloud. And... Just giving us another shot next week.